This is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis. Hey everyone, uh, Paul Cochran here, uh, Providence Advisors Group. I'm joined with my colleague uh, Garrett Crawford. Garrett, how you doing this morning? Good morning, doing doing good. Well, good. Eight six five seven seven zero five zero three one. Making finances easier. That's what our show's called because what we're trying to do is make the complex uh, more uh, understandable so people can get their head around it and be able to take action steps that can can really make a difference. But first, trivia. Garrett, what's your favorite breakfast food? Uh, um, I've been on a uh, waffle kick recently, and I say waffles, not ego waffles. My my son is, uh, we call him a vegan. He just has some food allergies, and so we have to be careful with dairy and eggs. And so uh, my wife, Eva, she found some of these uh, vegan waffles. I don't know. That, I read the box, and it, it seems healthy. I'm not sure if it actually is healthy, uh, but... Uh, in fact, I don't even know the last time I looked at the ingredients, but they seem healthier than a le- Eggo waffle. And uh, I just do, uh, I'll alternate oatmeal and a waffle just about every other day or something. And on the, the waffles, I just put a little bit of honey and uh, have my cup of coffee. And it, it's my, it's, it's, it's been one of my go-tos. But Eva would also tell you that I am one of those people that also wear things out. So, like, I'll get in kicks and I'll eat something over and over and over and over and over until one day I just wake up and decide, eh, next, <laughs> next thing, and then I move on to that. Uh, but uh, ask me again next year. I bet it'll change. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Paul? Well, it's going to be one of two things almost every morning. It's either going to be uh, a smoothie, and I have two versions. I have a fruit smoothie or I have a... Uh, chocolate and peanut butter smoothie and they both use the the former uses a vanilla uh, protein powder and the latter uses a chocolate protein powder Uh, either that or the third thing that i rotate around would be uh, oatmeal sandy buys this uh, it's it's basically kind of an instant it's a, a special kind of oatmeal that i just add water to and put in the microwave for like two and a half minutes and it's you know, supposed to be real healthy, and I put uh, like a couple tablespoons of peanut butter in there, and then some grain-free granola, and sweeten it with a little bit of applesauce, and man, I'm a happy camper. I'm a little jealous of the smoothies. I've always... idealized waking up and having a smoothie in the morning, but I can't eat bananas, uh, something in my mouth. I I, I am allergic to bananas, and that is a key ingredient to smoothies. If you try to take out a banana and make a breakfast morning smoothie without ice cream, I have yet to find a smoothie uh, that that, that tastes like a smoothie that I want to drink that doesn't include a banana. So if anybody's out there in Radioland this morning, call us at 865-770-5031 and help me know a smoothie recipe that works for you that doesn't use a banana. Uh, Uh, But 
yeah, a strawberry banana smoothie. That's that's the ticket. Yeah, I hear you. Okay. Well, good. Well, uh, fun show today, in, at least in my mind, because I have fun with this stuff. Um, uh, two things I just want to touch on. Uh, first would be uh, some of this debate that's going on between now and June about the debt limit. Uh, kind of the implications of that a little bit. And then next, um, some of the expectations that people have about what an advisor would do for them and then more the reality of what an advisor can do for them and kind of the differences between those two. So let's dive in, shall yeah. we? Okay, so first, um, you know, um, if unless you've been maybe on the moon in the past uh, few weeks, there's been talk and there will continue to be talk about the debt limit. And um, along about, um, I think it was in January of uh, 2020, we actually, uh, with, with, let's see, I can't remember when in 2020 it was, somewhere when we started pouring money into COVID, the, our national uh, debt actually was above our uh, GDP, meaning that, you know, we're, you know, spending clearly more than we're bringing in. In fact, daily, uh, we're spending as a country billions of dollars more than we're bringing in in tax revenue. So that adds to the debt. So Garrett, Garrett, if, if you were talking to a family and they were consistently spending more than they were bringing in, now, what would your advice be to them? We got to talk about that. <laughs> uh, long term, that that doesn't work out unless it's a, you know, a season. You know, there there are seasons where where clients do have to spend more uh, and pull money out of savings. But uh, obviously, that's not a recipe for financial success if you're doing that beyond your means. Right. So really, when that's happening, you really only have a couple options. One is to somehow, some way, bring in more money. The other option is to cut expenses. That's about it. Mm -hmm. You can either cut what you're spending or bring in more money, but you cannot squeeze blood out of a turnip. So all this debate that we're going to be hearing, and it was so revealing the other night at the State of the Union when um, uh, when it's like um, a political hot potato to talk about tackling the debt um, when it comes to the entitlements and, and the entitlements, the main entitlements that affect the national debt would be uh, Medicaid, Medicare, and Social Security. Gotcha, yeah. And so um, what, what happens is, and in, that, in his State of the Union, he was basically saying, uh, that, hey, we won't touch it. And then the Republicans say, yeah, we won't touch it either. Well, what that shows is, uh, is a politically motivated um, denial of what's uh, going to meaningfully affect our national debt. Um, so what do I mean by that? Well, you, you're going to have to bring in more money or you're going to have to cut expenses. And if, if people aren't willing to touch the entitlements, mainly Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security, then they're not going to be able to meaningfully affect the uh, 
the the growing deficit Mm -hmm. because we're spending more than we're bringing in. But if people start talking about it, um, the electorate, you know, doesn't put up with it, or they they just you know get get all freaked out, or at least people feel like they do. But if we can have some men and women strong enough to stand up and to really uh, kind of address the fact that the emperor's got no clothes on here. We, we've got to address these things. And Garrett, one of the things you've done and in your reading is you've, you've looked at some of the alternatives they could do with Social Security, for example, to kind of help keep it solvent and mm-hmm. kind of morph it a little bit. Do you remember some of those that we had talked about before? Some of the, some of the strategies that they could do that would cause the Social Security, if you just take that as its own silo, to stay solvent past, say, 2030. Yeah. Um, I, well, Paul, I'd be the first to admit that it's, it's not easy or simple. And uh, I think there's a lot of factors at play here. And so for every good idea I have, somebody could probably come right behind me and say, well, have you considered how it impacts this? And I, I get that. Um, because back to, you know, financial prudence and stewardship, if you're going to promise people X amount of dollars per year for the rest of their life that they can't outlive and then we'll go to a spouse, there's something good about that because it provides a a social safety net for people uh, that maybe were a homemaker their entire career and they they probably shouldn't be punished uh, if if their spouse dies early and they have another 20 years in retirement. But um, you know, I, I do think there's a conversation that if uh, if you're paying out more benefits than than you're actually bringing in, there is a tax issue at play. So a lot of people I meet with do not like uh, payroll tax. They don't like the idea that they're going to get taxed on Social Security on the back end in retirement. And I get that. Uh, you paid into it all your life. Why should you pay more federal taxes on the back end? But um, if we're getting more benefits out of the program than we're actually taking in revenue from a federal income standpoint, something's got to be adjusted there. Uh, we're going to promise, uh, you know, 100% benefits, but we're only going to take in 75 or 80% of the revenues needed to pay for that. So uh, I don't like additional taxes more than the next person, but there's a conversation to be had there that that's got to be right. The uh, So I think that's something you're going to see, whether you like it or not, is that the payroll tax, which is 6.2% of an employee, 6.2% for the employer side for a total of 12.4% total. Uh, I think you're going to see that go up for people listening to this radio show. I don't, I don't think you're going to be affected by it as much. But for my generation, the uh, Gen X, the millennials, the people after us, I think the I think the payroll tax is going to go up. And I think right now you only pay Social Security tax up to maybe one hundred and forty something thousand dollars. I think you may see that disappear. So I think payroll tax is going to change. And I also think uh, you're going to continue to see the the delaying of what a full retirement age full retirement age is. So like right now it's sixty seven. My full retirement age is 67. I think that's going to keep going up. And I wouldn't be surprised to see some of these younger ages, like 62, begin to drop off in the future. Yeah, 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 I agree. <clears throat> so, um, you know, listener, I encourage you to, to talk to your um, uh, legislative representatives and encourage them to do the hard work of tackling uh, those uh, kind of entrenched entitlements that um, – are you know super important 
um, but it's not sustainable. And those are hard conversations. I had one the other day with a client. Uh, they have a, a lot of money, but they were spending more than they were bringing in. They were spending more than than their uh, you know portfolio would allow, and so we kind of had to have a you know kind of a uh, a reality check there um, that if we go down this path, it's going to reduce um, the amount you know significantly. So those are hard conversations, but boy, uh, they can bear some really good fruit. Yeah, and I'd also, uh, to make finances easier, <laughs> throw in another little nuance. Uh, debt is not bad in and of itself. Uh, you can you can leverage debt. I remember I met with a business, a guy, he went and got his MBA a few years ago, and he said, you know, I was always told growing up, no debt, no debt, no mm-hmm. debt, never have any debt. And I went to their MBA school, and it taught me that uh, – you know, some debt, that's actually okay. Mm-hmm. And so debt isn't necessarily synonymous mm-hmm. with uh, bad financial stewardship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's okay right now to carry a mortgage at 2.75% when your bank is paying you 35 and 4%. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay to leverage that debt if you're getting paid more on the other side to, in complete safety. So uh, that would be probably good financial stewardship. And that's good debt to have because you could pay it off whenever you wanted to. The problem is when uh, the the credit card gets swiped more <laughs> more than it can afford and you're living on uh, just a, a, a bad leverage debt. Yeah, great point. 865-770-5031. If you'd like us to kind of do an evaluation, kind of a checkup uh, of where you are uh, versus where you want to be, Um, in the next five years, uh, give us a call or look us up at makingfinanceseasier.com and uh, schedule a little phone call. We'd be glad to begin a conversation with you. Okay, next, Garrett, you know, this whole subject of financial planning and what an advisor does when somebody looks uh, for an advisor and they're trying to, to, um, in their mind, um, think, okay, what do I want him to do? And uh, versus what you and I know, what's really realistic that can be done. And so one of the questions I like to ask people when I first meet them is, you know, what, what were you hoping we could do for you? Because that kind of fleshes out a little bit about, um, you know, what their expectations are. Um, so before we go any further, can you think of some of the uh, expectations that people might have that are um, erroneous. Maybe they're, they're expectations that they have that really aren't realistic. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Different generations uh, have walked through different experiences with different buzzwords. Uh, and, you know, one one that I hear a lot now is uh, just one example pops in my head. What kind of mutual funds you guys invest in? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's very, uh, you know, kind of investment centric. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes people walk in the door and mm-hmm. they're wondering what what product you're trying to sell mm-hmm. them. What mm-hmm. what mutual fund has a loaded mm-hmm. front end loaded charge mm-hmm. on it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and over time those things have changed significantly. Mm -hmm. And so like uh, for a client that says, so you guys use, you know, 
what mutual funds in your investment strategy? How how does that perform against mm. the S and P five hundred? You know, first. <laughs> I think sometimes we have to explain even who we are. We, we say Providence Advisors Group here located in West Knoxville, and we're a advisory firm. But uh, we are, we're not an insurance company. We're not a brokerage firm. Uh, we are a registered investment advisory firm. So sometimes we have to start there that uh, we're, we're not in the business of even selling people mutual funds mm-hmm. or generating commissionable mm-hmm. investment products mm-hmm. but instead as a independent registered investment advisory firm our our legal requirement is to be on their side of the table to help give them financial advice to make better decisions. And mm-hmm. so we're paid for the advice. And so I guess my first thought is sometimes we have to lay a, even a groundwork that yes. uh, Providence Advisors is not <laughs> uh, like an uh, a commissionable salesperson that they worked with 20 years ago right. uh, and let them know that we are more advice centric right. and that even things like mutual funds uh, in 2023, they're still out there. You can still invest in them, but uh, exchange traded funds, ETFs have kind of uh, taken over the mutual fund uh, industry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they're still thinking mutual funds, that was probably that was before my time, uh, probably 15 years ago. That mm-hmm. was even something uh, that people were predominantly invested in. Yeah, yeah. Those are those are, those are great points. Um, so one way to look at it would be if someone is uh, kind of, uh, um, you know, we could say it sounds kind of crash to say it, but uh, they're a rate chaser. In other words, well, hey, tell me, tell me how y'all performed, you know, last year, and uh, which is a little bit like. Um, how much is that bag of groceries? Well, it depends on what you put in the bag of groceries. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and oftentimes when people say those types of things, uh, there's a tendency. Um, and before I got into, into the industry, I did the exact same thing. So I'm not throwing stones here. But there's this natural thought that if, let's say, if you have an account that's performed 8%, and then you see another account over there that's that's also done eight percent. Well, the natural thing is that well they're the they're the same. Well, that might not be true. In fact, one of the, if if one of the eight percents is taking thirty percent less risk than the other account that's earning that same amount, the one with less risk is way better than the than the other one so there's more to it than just the return another kind of um i think place where people can be derailed a little bit is they can think that their fiduciary advisor is a is a stock picker that they need and and not don't get me wrong some fiduciaries really enjoy the stock picking thing they enjoy um doing that. Now, at Providence, we have a team that we work with closely that's picking which stocks to have in the portfolio, and they're thinking through, given the current economic environment, how to invest uh, properly within, say, a a dividend-paying universe, for example. But but to think that, hey, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to have a guy that's going to, He's good. He's just going to pick all the right stocks because I'm I'm behind the eight ball and I have to earn a ton. So he's gonna he's gonna you know pick all the best stocks that are going to help me grow. Well, that needs to be tempered a little bit. Yeah. 
because we're not going to be able to, um, you know, outperform uh, what you know what a basket of growth stocks generally yeah, without is taking do. out per, outsized risk. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So a lot of the a lot of those strategies where you're uh, taking. Uh, an extraordinary amount of risk and some speculative investment, it works great until it doesn't. And usually when it doesn't, the downside is just too painful for most people to, to be on that roller coaster. So if you think of a Geiger counter and, and you think of, uh, or you think of a heart monitor and you think of those beats and every beat, you see this jagged line on the screen. If that jagged line is, you know, two or three inches high, you know, it's going up and down versus you see on the, on the, the show where, where somebody's heart stops beating and it's a flat line. Well, if you change, if you use that, that, those lines and forget the death metaphor, but if you use those lines, uh, high lines up and down means that there's a lot of volatility. And so generally speaking, as we age, if we can make those peaks and valleys closer together, bring a more, a greater stability in what we call the standard deviation, the variation from the mean, then that's generally going to be better for people as they age because they just don't have as much time to recover like a 30-something. Yeah, and I'd also throw in there too that I think one of the misconceptions is, uh, you know, we all got our glasses on and we're looking at the stock market all day and uh, we're, uh, you know, that's all we do. And I would say just as much as we try to bring top shelf investment advice and investment management to our clients, you know, we're also very much a service organization as well in that helping our clients spend less time uh, managing their finances and enjoying their life. I, I would say what we do for clients is a lot more uh, service-based and kind of white glove management of their finances so that they don't have to think about it as much. And so uh, I think that's one of the more valuable things we even do, even when it comes to tax times. Hey, send us your tax return. We'll get familiar with it. We'll look and see how your cash flows come in, your deductions. We'll do all that so that we can have a, a better conversation when you come in so that you don't have to learn all that. 865-770-5031. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online at makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC. Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management, LLC, are affiliated companies. Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis and Providence Wealth Management are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.